Today on Not Sam Wrestling, we come off a weekend where one thing has become clear. The competition is on. This is Not Sam Wrestling. This is Not Sam Wrestling. Introducing your host from New York, here is Sam Roberts. Man, oh man, welcome everybody. Welcome to Not Sam Wrestling, episode 365. So, if you want to go into our back catalog, which is available for free wherever you got this podcast, just keep scrolling down, you'll get to every episode. And if you just want to listen, there have been bonus episodes, there have been additional episodes, and don't get me started on all the episodes that we've done exclusively for patreon.com slash Wrestling. but if you just want to listen... To the show that started as Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast that is now Not Sam Wrestling. And you want to listen to episode one through today. One episode a day will get you almost until the end. It'll get you almost to Halloween of 2022. A year's worth of shows. So there we go. 365 shows. Assuming we get this one in the can. But if there is anything that we can take away from where we're at especially in the world of professional wrestling today, it's that nothing is to be taken for granted. Nothing is to be assumed. And all we can do as fans is sit back and watch the whole thing happen right in front of our eyes like it's pure, unadulterated magic because that's what it feels like. Ultimately, so much drama this week. And what is the result of that drama? The result of that drama is, as a wrestling fan, I am sitting on a couch on a Friday night on a big screen TV watching Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar confront each other, watching the Usos and the Street Profits have a big four pay-per-view worthy street fight with the tag team championship on the line. And at the same time, on an iPad in front of me, I'm watching Lee Moriarty get to fulfill his dream. Lee Moriarty, who was on, you know, this here podcast only a few months ago, and have a match with Bobby Fish, who has found work after being released, and an absolute dream match between Brian Danielson and Minoru Suzuki, all at the same time as I wait to make a decision as to which TV. And, and I don't even have to make a decision. I got YouTube TV. I watch one on the laptop, one on the TV. It's no problem. Becky Lynch versus Sasha Banks, CM Punk versus Matt Seidel, all at the same time. And why is all this happening? Because of competition. Competition is here, and for a lot of people, uh, it's kind of, it, it feels new, I feel like. Many people watching, and then I think to myself that that's not so far off-based, that some of us have been watching for decades. Some of us are old men at this point. Some of us have devoted our lives, foolishly or not, to spending hours upon hours upon hours in front of that glowing television set, watching everything sports entertainment and pro wrestling can give to us. But others, people who are listening to this podcast, the most hardcore of hardcore fans today, many have not witnessed wrestling competition happening in real time in their lifetime. When we say it's been 20 years since real competition, that's true. 
The closest thing that we've had to competition is having WWE and Impact Wrestling on at the same night. And that was fun to talk about for one show. And once the things both happened, we realized that there, that Impact Wrestling was just this thing that existed over here. But to call it competition would be a serious overstatement. So where are we at today? I mean, let's look at all the drama that unfolded just since Friday. And we talked about this a little bit on the Patreon exclusive podcast for the shills, Thursday, not Sam Thursday, but so much has happened even since then. So let's go in depth here. Okay, a week ago, Friday, it was announced that SmackDown would be going supersized. It was going over to FS1, you know, because the baseball playoffs are happening. When the baseball playoffs happen, it takes up our Friday night time slot. It is even that. It really is great to see WWE in a position where they're preempted by the baseball playoffs, which people who aren't baseball fans that are just wrestling fans, that's going to be annoying. But people who are, are have been here for a while, people that grew up with this, we know that there was a time when WWE got preempted for the dog show. It wasn't, doesn't feel, I guess it was that long ago, but it doesn't feel like it was that long ago when the dog show would preempt Monday Night Raw. So I would say being preempted by the baseball playoffs, the Major League Baseball playoffs is definitely an upgrade and we're not preempted in moving the show to a different day. We're just on a different channel. We're on FS1. But it takes a lot to get the people uh, to turn the channel, believe it or not. It takes a lot to make people aware that instead of being on this network channel that's in almost every household in America, we're going to be on this cable channel that many households don't get anyway. So you got it. You got Who knows what channel FS1, who knows what channel anything is anymore. So you got to educate the people. So how do they educate the people? They say, well, this isn't going to be just any normal SmackDown. We're going to have a tag team championship match. We're going to have Becky Lynch versus Sasha Banks in a match. We're going to have Brock Lesnar showing up and signing a contract EO with Roman Reigns, the two biggest stars in the industry, in, in a ring together on FS1. And oh, by the way, it's going to be a supersized SmackDown. We're going to 1030. The only problem with that, there's another wrestling show that comes on at 10 o'clock on Fridays. And now we're pushing up against it. And I can already hear some of you saying, well, actually, Sam, that's not another wrestling show. That's the wrestling show. Because the show that's on from 8 to 10 p.m., they have made it clear, is a sports entertainment show. And either I'm a sports entertainment fan, not a wrestling fan, or I'm a wrestling fan, not a sports entertainment fan. And I've told you before here on the show, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but sports entertainment and professional wrestling are the same thing. Which one uh, uh, just signed uh, the, the Olympic gold medalist for amateur wrestling? The wrestling show or the sports entertainment show? Which one has Shaq in the ring? The wrestling show or the sports entertainment show? Which one? It's, it's, it's all the same thing. It's a, it's a TV show. It's a performance piece. Pro wrestling and sports entertainment are WWE and AEW are very different shows. I'm not saying it's uh, interchangeable, but what I am saying is it's not pizza and burgers. It's maybe a little different from Domino's and Pizza Hut, but it's maybe it's Domino's and Sabaros. 
They're both chain pizza restaurants. One will satiate the other. Ah, I was really in the mood for Domino's, but all this mall has is Sabaros. So I guess I'll get that. Or man, I really wanted a slice of Sabaros, New York's finest. But the only thing I could find in the area is a Domino's. I guess I'll get that. They're both chain pizza. They're just done slightly differently. That's sports entertainment and professional wrestling. But there's another wrestling show. AEW Rampage comes on at 10 p.m. So Tony Khan responds almost immediately, almost immediately uh, and says, where's the tweet? There it is. And says, uh, I saw, and this is like the same day, says, I saw you're doing a half hour head to head with us. I can't wait to finally beat your main show head to head. It's been a long time coming. See you next Friday for hashtag AEW Rampage on AEW on TNT. Okay, shots fired, which, you know, you would say, well, the first shot fired was WWE uh, moving into 1030, knowing that somebody else was in that time slot. Like, okay, indirect shot fired, responded with a direct shot. Here we go. And coming off of that, the next day, WWE announces, oh, I forgot to tell you, from 10 to 1030, we're going commercial free. And then AEW turns around and they go, oh, we forgot to tell you. We're doing a buy-in before Rampage. We've got a pre-show before Rampage that's going to be on YouTube from 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. And it's actually going to have better matches on it than the actual show. So maybe you want to tune in. And his fans are sitting there going, oh my God, they're just throwing everything at us. So just on a random Friday night, we're going to have two four and a half hours if you watch them separately of stuff to just consume, consume, consume of wrestling to just consume, consume, consume. And boy, did they then, then Tony Khan was out here doing interviews. Listen to him on uh, Robbie Barstool's podcast, my mom's basement. Uh, the top 10, top 20 consistently is a top show on cable. And it's like, uh, for me, I, I want Rampage to be just as big as Dynamite in time, but Dynamite's consistently been number one. So my goal is for the show to be the top cable show. And if they're going to do a show on cable, that's great. We're competing for that. But they're literally going to do a half hour head to head with us. That's fine. Okay. And we'll see what happens. I'm not saying for sure we'll win and maybe the odds are against us in some ways, but we're going to do the better show. I know. And if you don't believe me, watch whether go home show they did last <laughs> night because it sucked. <laughs> and Russ sucked. Whoa, Jesus Christ. Tony Khan, this is unprecedented. Or is it? Is it truly unprecedented? Or is this just a playbook being followed? Is this history repeating itself over and over and over again? Look, I, I, Tony Khan is in his feelings, but I don't know how deeply in his feelings he actually is. This feels very strategic to me. All of this feels very strategic. You know, the idea that SmackDown is going to be supersized it's going to move an extra half hour. We're going to go into AEW's time. I feel like that is not a move to get eyes off of AEW. I feel like that is a move to get competition going and to get people talking, to make it so that all week long, people are talking about this war that's coming on Friday. And if they're talking about it, a key component of that war coming on Friday is, or battle, I should say, the battle coming on Friday is... FS1, that's a key component. I feel like this is a strategic move to get people to know 
FS1 is the place to go for SmackDown, not Fox, because that's what the battle is contingent upon. And AEW to dive right into it and to take that defensive stance and go, hey, we were backed into a corner, so now we've got to fire back with everything that we've got. I feel like all that's going to do is, is build interest in their product. I think this is two companies competing because they know that competition creates interest in these products. And I feel like the way they're competing is 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 not terribly unpredictable as well. I think AEW uh, being direct with everything that they're saying and Tony Khan, you know, talking about WWE a lot and being really clear a lot with it. And like, let's not pretend, you know, that, that they're, that this hasn't been starting from day one. Let's not pretend, you know, that there wasn't that uh, shot that Triple H took at the Hall of Fame when, you know, they got everybody upset. Let's not pretend at their very first pay-per-view, Cody Rhodes didn't uh, smash a throne with a sledgehammer, a clear shot across the bow. Let's not pretend that when CM Punk debuted, he didn't say, you know, this is the first time I've been in pro wrestling since I was in Ring of Honor or whatever his exact quote was. Let's not pretend this isn't going on every step of the way. Let's not pretend that... that one side is a victim here. Let's not pretend that there's a bully and a, and a response. Let's just realize that these are two companies doing it. I mean, at one point, Tony Khan is in the newspaper and he goes, uh, you know, I don't know why WWE is going commercial free. Well, I know why, but I don't know why WWE is going commercial free because uh, that's where people make their money. You know, you know, that's the whole point of being on TV is to get advertisers, to get commercials, to make money. Uh, but if, you, if they want to go commercial free, we can do that too. You know, I've got more money than they do which is a shot. And I don't I, I, I don't know if that's the direction you want to go in either because ultimately, if you really want to talk about business, you're going to start asking, well, which company is making more money? And if the question is which company is making more money, that's not comparable. That's not even a conversation to have. If the mark of success is which company is making more money, then this is, this is not, you know, this is a pretty clear fight. I don't even know if I would consider it a fight. If the if that's it, if if if, if the if the mark of success is which is a more entertaining show, if the mark of success is TV ratings, if the mark of success is who's got more talent, who's got better talent, that's all conversations. But if the mark of success is which company is bringing in more money, well, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't think anybody is going to sit there and say, oh, I don't know, WWE might be worried, like financially. WWE has, has has gone from when Vince McMahon took over the company, a regional promotion, and has become a, a literally. I mean, you could say sports entertainment and pro wrestling are the same thing, and they are. But WWE has has transformed itself into a global entertainment company. WWE has had its sights set on on becoming a smaller version of what Marvel is, and and they are, you know. And they continue to grow in that direction. And it's pretty clear, you know, that when you watch WWE, I I don't think is being influenced by any competition. And I'm not sure AEW is being influenced by any competition. And I don't think that independence, I don't think Ring of Honor is, I don't think Impact is. I think that 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 people are putting on the product that they're putting on and and we're the ones benefiting from all of it. But it didn't stop with like uh, Tony Khan and Tony Khan even this is this is weird to me, right? I feel like I'm Keemstar here, dishing all the dirt on everything that's gone on with wrestling this week. But it, I mean, this weekend, but it's been insane. This tweet came out two days ago. Wrestling Inc. tweeted 
backstage talk on how hashtag WWE feels about Tony Khan spending big to keep AEW going. Which are, and by the way, all due respect to Wrestling Inc. Wrestling Inc. is a great site. Wrestling Inc. is one of the top wrestling news sites there is. But realistically, for Tony Khan to be retweeting an article from Wrestling Inc. as it, like, this is an article about a guy who heard a thing from a person. It's not like we've got direct quotes from high-level people that are named. This is this is a, a rumor. And that, that's all it is. And it's it's fun for us to look at. And it's fun for us to discuss. You know, I think WWE is saying this. I think WWE is saying that. But this isn't, this isn't a, a paper of record, right? This is a wrestling site. So, and Tony Khan's not even mentioned in it. Like, he's not at mentioned in this thing. But he found it, he quote tweeted it, and, and he said, I've never met Ted Turner. It's very possible Ted Turner is smarter than me, but he didn't know 1% of what I know about professional wrestling, or WCW would still be on TNT slash TBS. AEW is here to stay. Watch AEW Rampage Live tonight on TNT, blah, blah, blah. Which again, this is, this is an inflammatory statement done on purpose. This is not a statement, I believe, meant to be taken literally. This is, uh, this is, uh, from, this is a talking shit statement. This is from the school of say some wild shit and people will pay attention to it. Now, I don't think that WCW not being on TNT slash TBS in 2021 has anything to do with the quality of the show. I think that there's no doubt that WCW's quality waned quite tremendously in its last couple of years on TV. There's no doubt that WCW became a shell of what it was, that it seemed like it had become a creatively bankrupt place for the most part. Every now and then there'd be a glimmer of something, but it's, it's a lot of it at the end is laughably bad. There are books about how bad WCW was at the end. But all that said, every indication of the end of WCW has been, and people that were there has been the, 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 uh, once they got big, and this happens with a lot of companies, that once WCW got big, that they became castrated in terms of content creation. That that this era that we were living in was a a very edgy, uh, very uh, 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 driving down the highway at a hundred miles per hour type of medium. This is what was going on on WWE Raw. This is what it. Nitro had had been made on this is what the NWO was all about this was and and that there was a lot of a lot more regulation put in there and that while WWE wasn't even publicly traded yet I don't think WCW had an HR department that was uh looking very closely at everything that was going on and a lot of stuff that was okay at one point would not be okay anymore and while an HR department should not be enough to destroy a wrestling show that was at least an element it also has been made very clear by everybody that as the merger happened, that wrestling was not something that AOL Time Warner wanted any part of at the time. Obviously, opinions have changed at TNT because there's a big successful wrestling show on that channel. But at the time, wrestling was not part of their plan. Um, all that said, that is what makes Tony Khan unique here. The, the, what he's saying is what makes him different than Ted Turner or even Eric Bischoff. While Eric Bischoff had been in the wrestling business for a long time when he took over WCW, you know, he'd started in the AWA. 
He didn't grow up a wrestling fiend. He didn't grow up obsessed with wrestling. He wasn't a student of the game in the way that Tony Khan is, in the way that even a Vince McMahon, who like, this all rocked his world. He surrounded himself with it. Tony Khan comes in, is the first guy to come in with money and to come in as a super fan. To come in as a guy who was trading tapes and he was on message boards and he was obsessed with this stuff. And, a stu- and, and he just understands wrestling. And he's got a whole bunch of money. That's what makes AEW unique as competition. And the time that we're in. But I think there's also a lot to the idea that he's decided that, uh, you know, incendiary comments on the internet are something that works for gaining attention. But it's not just him. It's not just AEW versus WWE. The superstars are getting involved too. Roman Reigns throws his hat in the ring. Roman Reigns jumps onto the battlefield. Roman Reigns is doing an interview with Complex Magazine and he's uh, to promote Super Size SmackDown. This interview comes out on Friday. And the question is, I wanted to ask you about someone specifically on that side of things. CM Punk. He's gone by the best in the world. You arguably are that right now in wrestling. I know you guys worked together in some capacity years before, but is there a part of you that wishes you could you could go toe-to-toe the way things are set up now and have a big match with him or something like that? Roman Reigns says, so I answered a question similar to this a while ago. I wish there was video of this. And it falls back to what our audience wants to see. If our audience wanted to see it and they were clamoring for it, couldn't shut up about it, and all the stars aligned as a businessman and as a performer who was trying to seek out the very best for the audience and try to captivate, I wouldn't say no. But I mean, on a personal level, it doesn't do anything for me. That's not going to elevate me at all. He's older now. I haven't really seen a full match. I've seen a clip or two. And to me, a step or two has been lost. That's also how he got his ass whooped. I'm assuming it's his ass. It's also how he got his whooped in the UFC. I don't think anyone really believes someone 200 pounds soaking wet with no explosive bone in their body could ever really do anything to me. I'm 6'3", 265 pounds, a legitimate athlete who can throw some weight around and has been on the gridiron at the highest level, D1, all ACC. I probably would have maintained in the NFL if my health issue if my health issues didn't happen when I was 22 years old. So, I mean, when it comes down to it, I'll throw him and pretty much the rest of the roster out the club, no problem. They're just little brothers, you know? Which it's like, here's the beauty of this quote. The Roman Reigns, talk about kicking your way through the forbidden door. The Roman Reigns can cut a promo on the top star in the competing promotion Shoot from the hip, brother, and fully stay in character. The Roman Reigns character, the head of the table, the guy that we see, that's why this character is so brilliant. The guy that we see on SmackDown every single week would feel this way, not just about the people on SmackDown, but also the people on Raw and the people on NXT and the people in 205 Live and the people in Ring of Honor and the people in Impact Wrestling and the people in Game Changer Wrestling and the people in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Oh, and the people in AEW. Roman Reigns 
is establishing himself and putting his foot down and pronouncing himself as the number one leader in the industry and is waiting for someone to prove him wrong. And quite frankly, when you watch him on SmackDown, he comes across that way. When you watch him, the character comes across that way. Roman Reigns has found himself a character that I believe he believes. You know, when the problem with Roman Reigns as a as a white meat babyface, as it were, you know, for all those years, was that he always felt this way about himself, I think. You know, he oh I, I don't think there I, I think that there is this is Roman Reigns turned up to eleven. Suffering succotash is Roman Reigns turned down seven decibels, trying to be nice to everybody. This Roman Reigns, this is Roman Reigns. This is why he's there. And I believe that he does believe this about himself. I believe that he he, he feels that way when he's compared to, I don't know, Drew McIntyre. When he's comp- on a real level and in a kayfabe level. This is new kayfabe, brother. And it's like, how is this bad? How is this bad for, for anybody? Unless you show up and you can't back it up, then it becomes bad. Roman Reigns has put himself in this position where he has to, in front of an audience, in the arena and on television, prove that this stuff is true. And I think that it works for the character. And it gets people talking. People know Roman Reigns. But too many people still associate him as... I mean, I, I've talked to people like I talked to my barber. I'm sitting in the barber shop. He's not watching wrestling. And he goes, who's the big guy now? The Rock's cousin? And I go, yeah, 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 Roman Reigns. First of all, the fact that who's the big guy now? The Rock's cousin. There's a lot of people out there that are not watching regularly that know Roman Reigns as the Rock's cousin, which is going to make it even sweeter when Roman Reigns puts the Rock in the ground. But I digress. He goes, they had a problem with him for a while, right? Like, like people didn't like him, right? People know. People know the Roman Reigns story of him getting booed out of buildings even though he was the top good guy. It's well known. You can only get booed out of so many WrestleManias before it becomes your reputation. So what's Roman Reigns doing now? He's shifting the narrative. And you can't fully shift the narrative through promos. You can't fully shift the narrative by going on SmackDown and being like, I'm the best. And at this pay-per-view, I'm going to beat you up. Sometimes you got to get real life. And I personally, as a fan, love that Roman is sitting there in this interview and they bring up the CM Punk question. And trust me when I tell you, I've, 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 I've conducted a lot of interviews and I've watched even more. And I've watched people sweat when a question like this comes up and they think to themselves, oh, what's my boss going to think about this? Oh, if I say the wrong thing, are they going to be pissed? Is the office going to be mad? What's the office going to think? Is the office going to... And Roman has moved beyond that. Roman understands his business, his business, and understands his value and is not sitting there when he gets a question like this and goes... What's the office going to want me to say? 
He answers that question in a way that he feels is best for his business. And that's the answer we get. And it's right on the money. I love it. But he's not the only one starting B because then Junior Dos Santos, UFC star, who made his pro wrestling debut on a Friday night at 10.30 p.m. on TNT on Rampage. That's the world that we live in now. And I say that not as a shot, but as a way to say, like, look at how much we're getting as fans. Junior Dos Santos tweets out, hey, at WWE Roman Reigns, I heard your interview. Please send the address of this club. You will throw me and my little brothers out of hashtag AEW. First of all, Junior Dos Santos, if I see you in a bar, I'm going to shake your hand and act like I've never said a word about you because you are a tough motherfucker and I don't want to mess with you. All that said, you know, you've been sports entertainment, sports entertaining for a cup of coffee. And I hate to break it to you, but you can have a conversation about who's selling more tickets, CM Punk or Roman Reigns. And that's the conversation that's happening. And that's the conversation that Roman Reigns has had. But who's selling more professional wrestling tickets, Junior Dos Santos or Roman Reigns? I respect Junior for getting his name out there, though. I respect him for getting involved in this thing. Why not go to the top? It's like Cormier. When Daniel Cormier, uh, uh, when, when everybody's asking him about going to WWE, whether he's going to go as a superstar or an announcer or both, and he goes, uh, he starts uh, putting Roman Reigns' name in his mouth. Good for him. I mean, if you're gonna if you're going to flirt in that world, why not go right to the top? It's not going to happen. You know, let me tell you what would happen if any of these UFC guys came to WWE and wanted like a super match with Roman Reigns. He would stack them up in three minutes on an episode of SmackDown. You know, I mean, sorry. It's the head of the table for Christ's sake. But that's not the only thing. We go further now. We go further. And who else? Who else is getting involved? Top dollar. Yes. Top dollar from Hit Row. Top Dollar is getting involved in this beef. What's beef? Top Dollar wants a piece of it. He wants to, he wants a slice. And Top Dollar says, some of y'all favorite wrestlers only wear sneakers on camera to seem cool and hip, but in real life, they rock Vans and Asics exclusively. But y'all not ready for that conversation. And then it's a little kid and he's sipping tea. And you know what? Top dollar. I respect the hell out of this tweet. What a tweet, top dollar. I'm here for it. As a person who is not new to this, but true to this in the sneaker world, I see it. I see it. I see it. I see it. I see it every time. I see it when somebody shows up and I never seen them, never seen them in a pair of sneakers before, and all of a sudden has every pair that drops on the sneakers app. Okay, but show me something from a few years ago. And don't and not don't make it one of the like ones that we've all seen before. Show me your collection. I've had arguments with Pat McAfee about it. Before pre-shows, Pat used to be like, wait till you see the shoes I got. I'm kind of a sneakerhead. And I go, Pat, you're not a sneakerhead. Let me tell you something about Pat McAfee, okay? Does he come correct with his sneakers? Yes. But is he a sneaker collector? Hell to the no. Pat McAfee is a guy who will go to the expensive sneaker store of the town that he's in and just buy a pair of expensive sneakers because he's got that big football podcast for the brand, SmackDown, 
FanDuel. Man, this guy makes a lot of money. He's got money from all of those spots, and he's spending it when he needs to on a fresh pair of sneakers for the camera, okay? And that's a way to do it. But it's like, I mean, it's the same thing. If you are a wrestling fan and you do not understand where he's coming from with this tweet, then you are not self-aware. As a wrestling fan, as somebody, I would say that I would happily have a conversation about wrestling with anybody who listens to this podcast. If you listen to this podcast, you are the hardcore of hardcore fans. The level of depth that we get into without dropping, we're not here dropping news. This ain't Scoops Robert Central. This is just fandom going in deep. And if you're a fan that just likes to participate in other fans, then I know that you're a real one, as they say. You're somebody that I would talk to wrestling about. But we've all had those conversations with somebody. We've all had those conversations where somebody comes up to you and, you know, they hear you like wrestling or whatever. I've had this question asked to me. Who do you think is going to win WrestleMania? I go, I don't know, but I can tell you who's not going to have a conversation about it. You and me. Hey, or, or so, how about this one? Hey, what did you think of uh, Raw last night, huh? No, 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 no. What did you think of Raw last night? Because I, I, I don't want to get into this conversation if, if we can't get into it with the level of depth that we need to get into. Don't come to me faking the funk, okay? I don't, I'm not trying to gatekeep. I'm not trying to say you can't be a wrestling fan if you haven't been watching for 30 years. But what I am saying is don't try to step into the big leagues and have grown man conversation when you're still learning, okay? Just don't. Because that's, I can't have those conversations and I can't walk you through it. I want to feel inspired. I want to feel fulfilled by a conversation about my hobby, not like I'm a teacher. Unless that's what I'm doing. Unless you come to me and say, Sam, teach me about wrestling. Then, then we're good as gold. Let's roll. If we're being honest about our levels of fandom at the beginning, and you're here to sit back and I'm here to teach you, great. My buddy Troy from the radio show, he's like, bro, I think wrestling is lame. I haven't watched since Marty Jannetty. And I go, it's weird that you would say Marty Jannetty instead of Shawn Michaels. And he said, Marty Jannetty's my dude. And I said, well, that's where we'll start. And he said, well, I'm going to come over this weekend. Why don't you just show me something that's cool? I go, yes, now we're talking. Because you're not trying to pretend to be interested to get me to give you a con uh, an opinion that you don't actually care about. You actually want me to show you something cool. And when I showed him Stone Cold Steve Austin driving into an arena on a Zamboni, he was like, yeah, that's cool. I like that stuff. But we've all been in those scenarios where, where people will be like, oh yeah, I'm a big wrestling fan too. Let's get into it. And you know, five seconds in, they're not a big wrestling fan. There's a lot of people that are deep in this sneaker game that feel the same way when they see somebody who's pretending like, you know, they're a big sneaker guy when really it's just for the clout. It's fine. I mean, it's a clout-based hobby, sneaker collecting. But it is what it is. MVP responded to Top Dollar's tweet. Names or you're capping. Did I say that right? <laughs> Which I think, I appreciate that MVP is, uh, <laughs> is being forthright with his age. And Top Dollar says, I prefer not to mention members of the competition, but if they watch... But if you watch they show, 
they tell on themselves. Look, he's not wrong. When you go from wearing mids to Dior's, it's going to make a sneakerhead scratch their heads. But as I've said about the Bucks before, the fact that they're heels, and when they became heels, they started wearing overhyped sneakers out of nowhere, I felt like it actually added to their heel gimmick. So no shade as far as that's concerned. But I had a whole conversation. I, I, You know, I mean, you've heard me go so far in depth about my Roman Reigns sneaker analysis. Roman Reigns, by the way, true to the sneaker game. Roman Reigns does not fit this description at all. But when I start to get irked, and I've talked about it, I think I talked about it uh, a couple of weeks ago on the Patreon podcast at patreon.com slash wrestling, when CM Punk gave away his Jordans to a kid in the front row. And it went, CM Punk wore his first pair of Jordans on an episode of AEW Dynamite, the one in New York. And then Complex's sneaker shopping show had CM Punk on it. And you saw him buying the Jordans on the sneaker shopping show. It was a great episode. I was happy to see Punk get those first pair of Jordans. Awesome. Then after the show airs, Punk shows up again on Dynamite. He cuts a promo in his Jordans and he gives them to a fan in the front row. And people online are like, yo, he just spent $800 on Jordans and he gave them to somebody in the front row. Eh, eh. No, no, he didn't. The Jordans that he gave to somebody in the front row, while still a collector's item, while still something I'd love to have, I'd love to have the Jordans off of CM Punk's feet. I love that he gave them to a fan in the front row, but let's not pretend they weren't mids. They were not seven, $800 Jordans that he gave to a fan in the front row. They were Chica- uh, 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 band colorway mids. Okay? It's like a $150 shoe. I'm not saying it wasn't a wonderful gesture. I'm just saying, let's be true to it. That's all. That's all. So then it gets crazy. Somehow this tweet was the tweet. That's it. That's the tweet. Shane Taylor from Ring of Honor said, what's understood don't have to be explained. Shane Taylor gets it. Shane Taylor understands. You know, I mean, you know. When you are passionate about something, when you have a hobby and you see somebody trying to gain the clout of that hobby, but they're not really involved in that hobby, you know right away. When the band that you like becomes cool and you see that band's t-shirt, how many Nirvana fans? You're a Nirvana fan. You've been a Nirvana fan from back in the day. You remember buying Nevermind in the store. You, you, you saw that naked baby on the cover of that album when that naked baby was still a baby. You are true to it. And then you see a teenager walk out of H&M, Forever 21, wearing a Nirvana t-shirt that they just bought at the mall in 2021 at Forever 21. It makes you feel a certain way. It makes you feel some kind of way. It just does. Whether it's justified or not, whether it's right or not, you know what I'm saying. We've all got our hobbies. And if I would sit, if you're disagreeing with me, I would sit with you. I would ask you what your hobby is. Maybe it's video games. And I'd say, yeah, but what happened? I'm not just talking about when somebody buys Final Fantasy. I'm talking about when somebody tries to get into the conversation and become like, oh no, I'm a super geek about Final Fantasy too. And you're like, really? Can you name me six characters? And they're like, not a chance. It makes you feel a certain way. But this was the tweet. Fans started going nuts on Twitter. There were, there were, there were, there were wrestling, like, I think Voices of Wrestling was tweeting at him. Like, there were people saying that he shouldn't be criticizing uh, 
like a, a, a established great wrestling people that have that have that have been in the ring for a long time because he's been in for a cup of coffee, much like I said, which is true. But he wasn't insulting anybody's in-ring abilities; he was insulting their sneakers, which I think you can do. Um, but then uh, the Young Bucks responded. Great response by the Young Bucks, by the way. This made me laugh. Their bio spent more money on sne- spent more on sneakers in September than the entire NXT roster did. That's hilarious and true, <laughs> and uh, absolutely true. <laughs> um, so I loved that too. I love the response, and then Top Dollar responds again. Because Top Dollar, look, dude, Top Dollar was trending on Twitter. If you don't think, if you don't think beef and competition gets people talking, Top Dollar, D-O-L-L-A, was trending on Twitter. He hasn't even debuted on SmackDown. And he's trending because he said, and by the way, what was his original tweet? about not being ready for that conversation. They, uh, favorite wrestlers only wear sneakers on camera to seem cool and hip, but in real life, they rock Vans and Asics exclusively, but y'all not ready for that conversation. Apparently, y'all was not ready for that conversation because that tweet should not have set the world of wrestling on fire, and it did. It did. And look, I'm seeing Jordans explode. Edge was wearing a pair of band Jordan 1s, I seen Jericho wearing Jordan one. Everybody's wearing Jordan ones now. And as somebody that's been in the Jordan one game for a minute, I'm like, okay, can we have a conversation about it? Could you tell me about your favorite colorway? Would you even use the term colorway to describe them? Could we talk about whether you're a fan of the 2015 Jordan one Chicago or the 1994 Jordan one Chicago? Could we talk about that? Could we? I don't know. But so the Bucks said what they said, spent more on sneakers in September than the entire NXT roster did. Then Top Dalla never won to leave an opportunity on the floor, which by the way, this is an opportunity for him. Why not get the whole world talking, keep it going as long as he can? Puts out a song. He put out a song. It said uh, Francis Style. Oh yeah, AJ Francis is his name. Francis, Francis Style Friday, sneaker diss. A hit dog will holla. Top dollar. Well, I don't know. I don't know, man. But here's what the song was. Hero, the new G unit. Oh, yeah. Now, if it's one thing my nana taught me is that a hit dog will holla. Top dollar. Huh. Wait. Oh, oh, y'all mad, huh? Mad? Talking down on top dollar. Y'all down bad, huh? Uh. See, y'all don't went and got your sneakers in a twist. I'm like, COVID, you don't want it. See, I'm sicker when I spit. Oh. Nah, let me get this out in the open. I'm putting everybody in the damn game on notice. Everybody. I ain't say nobody name. Nope. But top dollar was trending all damn day. Yep. Huh. So what that say? Yep. Hmm. They thought they set a heavy trap like it's back day. Uh. Yeah, you got your penny for your thoughts. This is back pain. Uh. When you're actually great, homie, you don't have to act great. In real life, y'all 5'8". That's why you act fake. Uh. 
punch you in your face for marbles. Oh, squid. They may say that he lost his marbles, but I got tunnel vision like I'm sitting in a carpool. My and God. My never tunnel. My pen works in abundance. A decade getting money, homie, you don't really want it. Nope. It's clear that validation is all that you covet. Sending fake witch hunts with your peoples like in a coven. Damn. baby hotter than the oven. You know who I'm talking to, dog. Muhammad and McLovin. What? I mean, to see the Muhammad and McLovin. Bad. I'll send you and all your mans. I'm a super dad. I grew up on free lunch. Yeah, the food was bad, but it was eat or not eat, so I made do with that. Yes. And the game is still the same. When you talk down on my name, realize not not as hotter than a flame. Yeah, top dollar. Recognize who you talking to, homeboy. 2021. I'm not one of these average run-of-the-mill everyday jokes. Hit row. You talk about me, you better be able to back it up. Like juvenile. Because I'm coming straight at your dome top. You heard what I'm saying? You heard? I'd like to join Hit Row as well. I think I could uh, really add a lot to some of these tracks, as it were. I think I, I think I've got quite a bit to add, as a matter of fact. But there's top dollars writing songs about this. This is how strong uh, uh, all this beef has gotten. And MVP put out a really interesting tweet after the top dollar thing, <laughs> bickering about shoes. Twitter's going nuts. MVP writes, "I wonder if Coke and Pepsi fans carry on in the same ridiculous way wrestling fans do." MVP getting some of this heat. MVP getting some of this heat. Quote, Coke actually outsells Pepsi. Oh, yeah? Well, Coca-Cola sales were actually down last quarter. And then he, in confused face, and then I don't get it. Look, uh, there's definitely something to that, right? Like, the idea that we as fans get invested in one side or the other when we're not making money on one side or the other is like a little much for me. You know, it's fun to have your home team. But if you're really emotional, emotionally, you know, invested in this thing and you're fighting for one side, and you actually, it's not so much you want a side to succeed, but if you actively want a side to fail, that's where we part ways. Unless you're making money from it, that's where we part ways. Because the only reason that we've got three wrestling shows on at the same time and we just get to pick and choose, the only reason that we're sitting there on Monday watching Raw, on Tuesday watching NXT, on Wednesday watching Dynamite, on Thursday watching Impact, on Thursday watching Dark Side of the Ring, on Friday watching SmackDown, on Friday watching Rampage, on weekends watching pay-per-views, trying to find out where you can get uh, the time to watch Stone Cold interview Seth Rollins, trying to figure out where you can find the time to listen to your wrestling podcast. The only reason we have such an abundance, such an embarrassment of riches when it comes to content in the pro wrestling realm is because of this competition, right? And historically, competitive periods, I think, have been those real boon periods for professional wrestling. Now, MVP is right when he says that it can strip your joy away when there are people, and it's also like when, when people are talking about numbers that are not experts at it, and I'm not talking about the journalists, I'm actually talking about the fans. If you have never talked about a rating, a television ratings point in your life, and now you're truly invested, now you're talking about demos to me, Hot Dogs tried that shit. 
He doesn't know anything about TV ratings and he's texting me about demos. I don't want to hear it from you. You don't know what you're talking about. And to be that invested in this thing is crazy. Now, I'll read about it. I'm interested in the statistic. I'm very interested to find out what the ratings are for Friday night. Not just because I want to see who wins and who loses, because that's the fun part, right? That's the beef part. That's the, that's the entertainment part of it. But I'm interested in seeing to what degree all this silliness, all this nonsense, to what degree it had an effect on eyeballs, to what degree did it actually have an effect on business? Now, we're not going to be, it's not apples to apples with SmackDown. When we find out how many people watch SmackDown on Friday, it's not going to be like, well, last week, it's going to be a fraction of the week before because it's on FS1, not Fox. The only way to even sort of do it would be to go back to the last time it was on FS1 and see if it improved or to see what expectations were and see if it beat those expectations. And did it take away viewers from Rampage or did, I mean, I feel like Rampage should have had a lot of viewers on Friday, maybe not as much as the CM Punk debut episode, but it should have had a lot of viewers on Friday because of all this nonsense. The internet was just a big commercial for wrestling at least the wrestling part of the internet was leading up to Friday. It was crazy. Everybody out there doing interviews and everything. It was nuts. But when you think about competition and whether we should be rooting for it or not, there are a lot of people who think that, uh, that, that the way people are, are acting on Twitter is nuts. There are people who, who can't stand the WWE loyalists. There are people who can't stand the AEW loyalists. There are people who act like there's only WWE loyalists. There are people who act like there's only AEW loyalists. There's unreasonable people on both sides. Anytime that you get support for anything, you're going to have unreasonable people at the extremes. But that's not new either. That's not, it's not even Twitter. Look, what Twitter does is it puts it in your face. Twitter somehow makes it real. Twitter feels more real than a message board because Twitter is open, because Twitter is omnipresent, because Twitter has become how the world communicates. Whereas a message board is, is it's just tucked into its own pocket over here on this side of the internet. You know, I, I, I don't think that I think that if if Twitter had been around in 1998 during the Monday Night Wars, it would probably be even more toxic than it is now because people were doing crazy stuff back then just on television alone. I mean, people were bringing signs to Monday Nitro that said, you know, like Vince fears Bischoff or, or or Vince can suck it or whatever. And Bischoff would take the signs out of the crowd and show them on camera. Competition was looked at as such a good thing back then. They would actually plant those signs. WCW would plant signs in the audience. And the wrestlers, the top dollars of the world, I said dollars, but it sounded like I said dollars, the top dollars of the world, the top dollars of the world, the Roman reigns of the world, the young, but the people that are getting involved in this, that's not new either. Who hasn't seen the, the pro wrestling illustrated picture of Shawn Michaels wearing an outsider's t-shirt? Who doesn't remember 
Kevin Nash in WCW walking to the ring, holding up the click hand gesture, holding up those wolf ears and saying into the camera, right back at you, HBK. These guys know it's all good. It's all good for business. It gets the people going. It gets people talking. I mean, when you think about the most definitive eras, let's look at WWE because we, you know, I'm not a historian when it comes to uh, wrestling before I was born, pretty much. You know, once you get in, I've done homework. I've got the tapes. I'm familiar, but I'm not going to sit here and give you a lesson on what was happening in the 50s, 60s, 70s. I don't know. I mean, I kind of know, but I don't know like that. But when you think about it, I mean, national competition, because there's always been, there's no way there hasn't been regional competition dating back deep, deep, deep into the territories. Everybody's got stories about somebody else trying to start a new territory that that impedes the, the, the territory that's already been in the area for some time. I mean, the whole NWA was formed to make sure that people weren't stepping on each other's toes. And what that did was it made it so that people outside of the NWA would not be able to come in and start their new territories without it being extremely difficult for them. So avoiding competition was a thing even then, actively doing it and destroying it and and competing on that level. But, you know, go back to when when Vince McMahon bought the, the WWE from his dad. And historically, you know, the, the narrative is that he went and put all the territories out of business. I don't think that's true. I mean, if you look at it, it's true to an extent. I guess that was the, the, the nail in the coffin, coffin, I suppose. But realistically, as cable television was taking off, clearly in the 1980s, it, things were becoming much more national in terms of entertainment, the way they're global today. You know, there's, it's not the local news, it's entertainment and entertainment was very quickly becoming national. If it wasn't already the way today it's, it's global. Entertainment is global. Entertainment is America's greatest export, I believe. But Vince McMahon is the, is the one who really decides, okay, I'm going to take this Northeast territory that my dad was running. I'm going to make sure we're not associated with the NWA and I'm going to start scooping up talent and I'm going to go fully national. I mean, 1984, July of 1984, Vince McMahon shows up. The only other, the WTBS back then, it's a cable channel. Vince McMahon buys uh, cable slots on the USA Network for all American wrestling and for Tuesday Night Titans, TNT. So he's got these two cable slots. And he goes, we got to be on more channels and we have to be the only national wrestling promotion. That's what he wanted. So he goes and, and he goes to Ted Turner and he goes, I know you've got a wrestling time slot on for Georgia Championship Wrestling. You call the show, the show is called World Championship Wrestling. But the promotion was Georgia Championship. They didn't want to call it Georgia Championship Wrestling because they wanted it to not appear to be a regional promotion. They wanted to put it on WTBS and be entertainment for the entire nation. So they called it World Championship Wrestling. And Vince McMahon goes to Ted Turner and he goes, well, I'd like to buy that time slot. I'd like to buy World Championship Wrestling's time slot and I'd like to put my programming on. 
And Ted Turner uh, says, no way, because Ted Turner uh, holds wrestling too dear. He loves his wrestling, loves his Southern wrestling, and he doesn't want all New York Vince McMahon coming in and screwing everything up. So what does Vince McMahon do? He goes to the partners that own Georgia Championship Wrestling, and they all are, are having problems with Ole Anderson. So he gets Jerry Briscoe and Jack Briscoe and a bunch of people involved. And, and what Vince McMahon is able to do is by promising a lot of them jobs, he's able to buy enough minority owner shares from all of these people. Jerry Briscoe sells his shares, Jack Briscoe. He's able to become the majority shareholder in Georgia Championship Wrestling. He buys the promotion. And what does he do as the owner of that promotion? He takes him off TV and he puts on WWE in their WTBS time slot. It's his time slot now. It comes with the with the wrestling promotion. And so one day, because there's no Twitter, there's no internet, it's 1984, a bunch of Georgia Championship Wrestling fans turn on WTBS and there's Vince McMahon. It's called Black Saturday for a reason. And he announces that he'll be putting on a new form of uh, sports entertainment in this time slot. And boom, here is highlights from WWE matches. Now, this doesn't go well. The fans don't respond well, and uh, the ratings don't draw. It's just not the spot for it. Vince McMahon ends up uh, selling off his time slot. Ted Turner buys it back. Ted Turner ends up buying Jim Crockett Promotions, and he reforms Jim Crockett Promotions into World Championship Wrestling as a promotion. And now, my friends... Now we've taken what started as this move by, uh, by, by Vince McMahon to nationalize his product further. Ted Turner has seen that and decides he's going to do the same thing. And that's how the competition between WCW and WWE begins. And it's, it's, it's years. The WCW is just trailing and trailing and trailing and trailing. Finally, 1994 comes around and they start getting aggressive. They grab Hulk Hogan. They grab Macho Man Randy Savage. And I mean, it was a time, 10 years removed from Black Saturday, it was a time of, uh, 1984 was sheer competition. Coming into 94 and 95, it was sheer competition. By 96, WWE starts running their Huckster and Nacho Man skits with Billionaire Ted parodying everybody. 1996, 1995, WCW, every single time before they go to commercial break, puts up a logo that says WCW where the big boys play. And they put up, this is 96, and they put up just a, a clip of action, just a five-second clip of some action with WCW where the big boys play before they go to break. Every single clip they put up is somebody from the WWE that used to be in WCW getting beaten up by somebody who is currently in WCW. Vader debuts in WWE. Where the big boys play comes up. Going into break, it's Ric Flair kicking Vader's ass. It's somebody kicking Cactus Jack's ass because Mankind has debuted. It's And it goes on and on. Clearly just trying to establish dominance on both ends. NWO comes out. Attitude Era begins. We all know the story by now. Eric Bischoff is on TV. If we thought competition was toxic on the internet... Can you imagine living through a time when Eric Bischoff is giving the results to Raw on television? That's crazy. 
And can you imagine how Twitter would have reacted when it didn't work? Can you imagine all the mad Twitter people that didn't like that Eric Bischoff was giving those WWE results on Nitro? Can you imagine what Twitter would have looked like when Mankind won the title? It would have been, two people would have been trending. Mankind and Eric Bischoff. Because it would have been, Mankind's the champion, Mankind's the champion, and it would have been on some fuck Eric Bischoff noise like you haven't heard in a long time. And maybe Tony Schiavone would have been trending too, poor guy. Stuck between a rock and a hard place. Not the rock. But there's never, competition has never been bad for business until bad decisions start getting made. Will bad decisions start getting made here? Only time will tell. We're living in a different time though. Right now we're at a time where WWE knows its business. They know exactly what they are doing. They know what they want to do. They're not trying to find their identity. They're not trying to figure out what WWE is going to look like in 20. They have a vision for what that company is. AEW is not trying to figure out the wrestling business. They got a guy in charge that grew up on it. It's a different time. And quite frankly, you wrestling doesn't exist independent of the society that it exists within. It is a piece of that. And the way society reacts and what the society is looking for in their entertainment is just as important as anything else. Are we living in a period of time when competition is as good of a thing as it was in 1984, in 1996? I think yes. I think ultimately, if the right decisions are made, competition is always going to bring out the best. I think that there is already evidence of that on both shows. Uh, uh, I think it's a great thing. But to what level will people put up with the fighting? I think they'll put up with a lot. I think people are, are, are naturally inclined to pick a side. I think team sports are huge for a reason. I think there's a reason why the two political party system uh, has been so successful for so long. Because when you've only got two choices, one is right and one is wrong. And everybody wants to be right. And in terms of Coke and Pepsi, while Coke never mentioned Pepsi, Pepsi literally had one of the most successful ad campaigns of all time. Every commercial just talking about how much better they tasted than Coke. Now, Pepsi never made more money than Coke. Pepsi never outsold Coke. Pepsi never took the number one spot. But they made a hell of a lot of money. And maybe that's what we're witnessing in this era. It remains to be seen. It's going to be a fun week of wrestling. Every week is fun. And I'm glad we're here to break it all down. If you're not already listening, of course, uh, Thursday, Not Sam Thursday is the Patreon bonus show that happens every single week over at patreon.com slash Wrestling. We'll pop on live right after Crown Jewel uh, to talk about everything that happened on that pay-per-view, Patreon exclusive. So join us at patreon.com slash Wrestling. You get every podcast early and ad-free, plus the bonus shows for less than a dollar a week. Don't forget to subscribe to youtube.com slash Wrestling. As I mentioned, Lee Moriarty was on this podcast three months ago, and maybe a lot of you hadn't heard of him then. 
That interview's on the YouTube channel. The Everett Connors interview from last week is on the YouTube channel. Uh, uh, Effie, Alley Catch, but also Big E. Also people like that. So check it out. Subscribe to the channel. And uh, we'll see you soon. Thanks, everybody, here on Not Sam Wrestling. Thanks for listening. Follow at Not Sam on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Rate, review, and subscribe. This has been Not Sam Wrestling. Not Sam Wrestling.